Hi, I'm Lauren, that's Jordan, and welcome to the His Film, Her Movie podcast. Should we begin episode 5? Episode 5. So, well, half of 10, so we've lost it this long. We've not killed each other. No. And we've still got at least one person who listens because they text me and insult me when they've listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are, that person. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what are we? We're a movie podcast. Uh, we normally take a situation, pick two films, talk about it. Mm-hmm. But... This week, we're going to do something different, and it's something that we've spoke about, and I think we're going to continue this, and that's every month, probably every month, every month, every sort of five episodes, there's going to be a new feature called History Makers. So, we like a good true story, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we love, we love a good true story. And to just help, well, just to see how people shape the way the world works, yeah. Um, individual stories, group stories, and it's just a good opportunity for us to highlight those sorts of films that we enjoy, but may actually have some really positive life messages to say, or some negative life messages. Yeah, some negative. But I think it's good like when it's a when it's a based on a true story. You can really kind of see more how would you react in that situation mm. because these situations have happened and people have gone through them i think that's a good way to talk about it is how would you react in a situation because generally i mean we're getting to it when we watch the film but it may not be the way really how it would work out with yourself you mean you yeah. you might actually have a different opinion um not only of the of the situation, but of the way you would react. So, what are we doing for the first episode of History Makers? Because it's Pride Month, we decided to do the 2014 film Pride. Yes. So we are going to pick a mining town completely at random and just ring it. Is that the plan, is it, Mark? Yeah, the town hall, the council. Well, it's as easy as that. Why not? Bypass the union altogether? I think it's inspired. So do I. See, even Bromley agrees. Right, here we go. Aha. So, uh, what do we want? Um, uh, somewhere north, industrial? Humberside. Is, is that a place? Oh, Jesus Christ. Give it to me. If it's miners you're looking for. Uh, Wales. Of course. There's a big fucking coalfield. That's the Brecon Beacons. That's a coalfield. Yeah, that is. All right, well, what are we supposed to do? Stick a bloody pin in it? Do you know people get in? No, I haven't been back there in 16 years. Why not? Well, let's just say there isn't always a welcome in the hillsides. And the reason that we've done this, um, it's it's not just because it's Pride Month. It's also because it addresses a really important part of what I believe is British history and British culture. And basically everything that has kind of helped shape modern society in certain ways mm-hmm. um, and the fact that this also touches on the L- well doesn't touch on it is like the LGBTQ plus um, community is a major part in this 
I think they are shown in a, I think in a much different light compared to how you see a lot of different lot of films. Mm-hmm. Um, so this film is directed by Matthew Warchus. And yeah. um, for people who are not from the UK, this film is set during the the miners' strike and the pit closures of um, the mid eighties. The mid eighties. Um, and basically, what happened was a very brief history is that um, the government and mainly Margaret Thatcher wanted to close pits that they had classed as being inefficient um, and they wanted to rely more on the imported coal and the gas and oil and nuclear fuel. Um, they tried this previously but had found that they weren't able to um when when the miners originally went on strike in the 70s they only had a small amount of coal so they were left the government had to then call it off this time round it was just planned and executed with a lot more precision by the government which just ended up causing such devastation to the mining communities what happened was the head of the National Union of Mine Workers, Arthur Scargill, announced that the government was going to close more than 70 pits, which started off strikes, though these were unofficial. And then by March the 5th, 1984, more than 5,000 miners were on strikes. And then... Around that date, they then clo- they, the government then announced that they were going to do an accelerated closure of five pits within five weeks. And the strikes just completely escalated and started happening all over the UK. What we will discuss in the film is the um, relationship between the miners and the LGBTQ community and the police. And that is based on the very volatile relationships that those communities had together. Um, For people who don't know who might want to look into it, there was an incident that was called the Battle of Orgreave, which took place the 18th of the 6th, 1984, which we record on Monday, so that's actually the... It's actually tomorrow. Right. Um, So that's, that's the anniversary of that tomorrow, which happened near Rotherham. Um, which mines were trying to blockade. And there was an around 5,000 miners versus 5,000 police. And it turned into absolute violence when the police charged the miners on horseback with their batons. And um, there's videos and there's photos from the whole time. There was also less well-known incidents which is in Maltby in South Yorkshire. And really, before that, they talk about in the film about how the police kind of more focused on the LGBTQ plus community. But there were so many police and so many miners that strikes were just escalating into violence. And um, during the strike, 11,291 people were arrested. Right. 8,392 people were charged. And between 150 and 200 men were imprisoned. And these guys were arrested, not for actually, just, just for breach of the peace. They weren't, for, a lot of them weren't formally charged 
or anything and it ended up this has been it is it was and it still is the most violent industrial dispute in Britain in the 20th century so it is a very big part of British history we were not around for it but it's something that our parents lived lived with and lived through and Especially as Northerners. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially as that. And there's still a huge amount of resentment for Thatcher. Even even now that she's dead, there's a huge re- amount of resentment for her. Be- because she she did this. She nationalised um, a lot of um, institutional um, things that were very quintessentially British. My mum always said about how she stole the kids' milk. She took the milk away. The, the used, these kids used to get free milk at school and she stopped all that. So she's... she's. A, I mean, she is one of the biggest sort of polarising figures in British history. Even, even, even if she is still part of modern cinema. I mean, we could actually do a completely different genre of films influenced by Thatcherised Britain. Yeah. There's some really, I mean, from... Got brassed off to This Is England, to My Beautiful Laundrette, even to you can see the remnants of that Thatcher Britain in Transpotting, yeah, which we've spoke about before. Yeah. Um, and that might be something that we might go into one, that might be a subject of one of our favourite films that sort of depicts that Thatcherised Britain. It is, it's such a huge part of um, our history. And I mean, I want to say something, but should we get into the film? Because I, I can, the first thing I want to talk about is relative to the film, but relevant to yes. this discussion as well. Yes, yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about the film because I love this film. Yes, um, and the first one is watching this. It's pretty it's easy to see the similarities mm-hmm. from then and now. Yeah, of just how where society is at the moment and how. I mean, I'm not going to say a breaking point, but there is such a divide of not only, yes, we have left and right wing, but where austerity is Mm -hmm. and everything like that, there is a massive divide in the classes again. There is, yeah. And what people are having to do on universal credit, which is sort of a welfare. welfare, And for any US listeners out there, and how the government seems to be caring again for the 1% and not the 99. But again, it's a conservative... It's a conservative government. government. It's, yes, they will lower taxes, but... I mean, and let's try not make it too political, because... <laughs> no, don't, don't make it too political. Yeah. So, Pride. I, do, I really do like this movie. I um, Matthew Watchers is his second film, I think. But I mean, he's yeah. been a theatre guy. He now runs the Old Vic Theatre. Oh, in London. In London, and yeah. um, he's the one who brought Matilda to the stage. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's he's been part of that, but it's his first film since like nineteen ninety nine. So he's been out of the game. Mm-hmm. And for a second time filmmaker, one of the best things you can do is gather a cast. Oh, the cast in this is just. It's so good. Yeah. You've got people who are completely unknown to people who you see in big blockbusters to people who you just see on like normal TV. Mm. Just the best British. It's great. Yeah, I mean, you've got 
um, starting with people like Imelda Staunton, Bill Nye. You've got, um, I'm trying to think of his name, Andrew, who's in the Sherlock. Guy. I didn't watch Sherlock. I'm thinking about the guy who was in the E4 TV show with the mutants with the special powers. It was in This Is England. Yes, I know who you mean. And yeah, and I can't remember his name, but he is so good. Like, everything I've seen this guy in, I just love him. Um, I am really bad with actors' names, though. He's got... Joseph Gilgan, his name it. is. yes. Um, he's got a proper Yorkshire accent. I just love it. I love listening to him speak because you see so many actors who would probably try and downplay that accent because mm. it's really broad and he just doesn't. And it just works so well for yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, I think he... I mean, I'm sure he's actually in Preacher, the Amazon TV show. Oh, okay, yeah. But I'm not sure if he puts on an American accent. I've seen a few episodes, but I can't remember. But then you've got people like Dominic West as well, yes. who oh, I love Dominic West. He's, he's playing so some good. completely a, a sort of against his normal grain. See, this is where I first saw Dominic West. Oh, I don't wow. think I'd seen him in anything. So I go from seeing him playing Jonathan to being like, oh. He doesn't play that kind of character very often. He's the main character in The Wire, and he's sort of proper. He's got a thick, and Baltimore accent in that as well. I, know, but I love him so, as Jonathan. He's just amazing. And that's it. And so you really do have this great Paddy Considine. It's such a brilliant, brilliant cast, and Paddy mm-hmm. Considine as well is, for me. I mean, even though he's sort of a supporting character in this. He goes so much. I mean, he should get a lot more plaudits than he does because he's playing this sort of calm, this shyish character, mm-hmm. but who speaks well. But I mean, if you see a film sort of like Dead Man Shoes, then Shea Meadows' film, or one of the Shea Meadows' film that he did before. Watch any Shea Meadows film yeah. because they're he, all just brilliant. And he is so menacing mm-hmm. and he has a massive presence. And just being able to see somebody who can do that is wonderful. But why don't you tell us a bit more why? Why do you love this movie? Because it is one of your favourites. It is. Okay. Um, I realise we haven't actually told anybody what happens in the film. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell them okay. what happens in the film. So um, it's set in the Miners' Strike. And it's basically set over a year. Yeah. It's on... Gay Pride in 1984, the main character, Mark Ashton, watches on the TV about the miners' strikes and he decides he's going to go to Pride and he is going to raise money for them. Now, at this point, as you don't know, because the miners' strike and the officers didn't get paid any money, I believe from the unions they got £15 a week. Right. And then when that dried up, they got nothing. There was also a lot of talk about how apparently Arthur Scargill would give more money to more Yorkshire and that sort of area. So different areas of the UK weren't getting as much money to be able to pay the striking miners. So he goes out, collects money with his friends. That's where they meet a young man who is um, on his very first pride, who's just called Bromley. Yeah. The rest of it. His real name's... Joe. Yeah, so he's. Like, everyone just calls him Bromley. He's like a twenty-year-old. Twenty-year-old. Um, he's he's still in the closet. Played called by an actor called George McKay, who is a fantastic Scottish actor. Um, he seems like such a like like 
Bromley is just like he's such a nice, he's very innocent, um, he's very self-conscious about being there. And in the end, um, after they've collected the money and they've counted it all, they decide to um, make up their group, Lesbians and Gays Support the Miners, or LGSM. And this is something that actually happened. It was something that I don't think gets enough credit because it's usually a little footnote or... When it was reported on in the papers, it was something that they were using, like they do in the film, t- to mock the miners. But this group go out and they collect loads of money. And then because it's the 80s and because people are still very prejudiced, they are having an incredibly hard time actually being able to give the money to the unions. And in the end, they just contact a random mining town and go, oh, yeah, we've got some money. Do you want it? And that's where it all starts off and it goes through the different communities and the friendships and the heartache and the relationships that these two groups have and develop when they're from completely different spectrums. Yeah. And it also, it doesn't go full pelt into discussing the AIDS epidemic, but it touches on it because you can't have a film set in the 80s discussing the LGBTQ plus community without talking about it. And it becomes becomes really, really important when you actually find out um, that one of the characters, Jonathan, Jonathan Blake, he is HIV positive and he is number two. He was the second to be diagnosed. Yeah, in the whole of the UK. And he is living with it and just getting on with it. I actually believe he's still alive. Mm. He did an interview um, 2014, 2015, talking about it, talking about what they did and everything. And I think, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's one of those stories. It doesn't do anything new. No. It's your normal sort of outside group of people aren't accepted and become accepted mm-hmm. by because they have a similar goal yes and they have a cinema a, a similar i don't want to say villain but oppressive regime. force regime mm-hmm. against them and they sort of band together and find common ground yeah which they, which they do which yeah. is because you've got the prejudices and everything else that come out, especially as the mind communities that they go to, the, the mind, is it is a very insular. Mm. It's a little tiny town in South Wales. It's very small, and they've said, you know, we don't we don't have anybody here who's gay. And it's like, well, nobody that you know about. But it's it's just the sense of community is just paramount throughout the whole of this it is and it's one of those things that i believe i mean we we live in a city i mean it's not a big city and no. um, but i said i come from a small town but again i think it's something that we're lacking it's like there's a scene within this film where we both did yeah <laughs> both pointed out at the same time well it's the worker men's club closes and Everybody leaves, but the entire town is in this work and men's clubs. Yeah. You, you, you get that vibe of just how close 
people are and how one crack can spread open into a a chasm of anger or fear Mm -hmm. or sort of disdain and you get that within this, this story some people accept them some people don't and that splits that does, the, that splits the whole bio community. Yeah. Especially when um, they, they're they raising so much money for the miners. And that's it. It's not It's not really even the fact that they're all there. It's, for good, it's a good and a bad thing, I think. I mean, it would be nice to have that feeling of community still nowadays. Yeah. Which we don't really have. No. But again, the negative is you, get, you become part of a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And you all become very insular. Everybody becomes very insular. So, it, yes, being a very tight-knit community can be a nice thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Yeah. I completely... It's just... You, like you said, you've got the misinformation spreading. Yeah. Um, You've got the misinformation about AIDS spreading. Like, um, when one of the women said, oh, I can't have one of them sleeping in my house because I might catch AIDS. It's like, well, none of them have it. And... Why would you catch it? Like, but, but, the, the, it's the ignorance. It's the, the time where people were just... There was there was a huge amount of fear at the time. I mean, a massive amount of fear. And not only that, you got to think of it. It's a very small scene in the film, but there's an actual TV advert about it. Yeah. And you see that and you see... Yeah. When is the last time you've ever seen a TV advert about a disease? Not Never in the UK. Well, not since then. Not since then. You know what I mean? So that's how big it was. Yeah. And not only how big it was, how discriminatory in a way, because mm-hmm. that was, I mean, not just, it's not a gay disease, but you know what I mean? It, when that's what people thought it was. It, exactly. Back in the day, people thought it was completely, it was like, oh, you're, you're gay, you've got AIDS. Yeah. And it's like... People just didn't understand... But it, again, looking, looking today... That's what people think about certain issues regarding, say, don't listen to political, but Brexit. Yeah. They they saw they see figures, they see sort of facts. I'm I'm using sort of air quotes here, and they believe them because it said it's it said so in a paper. Yes. It said so on Twitter. It said so on a Facebook post. That's probably Mm -hmm. not even real, but because they read it, they believe it. Yeah. And that's the danger, and. This is when we should have learned from the time of the 80s and even the 90s and understand that sometimes people who are pushing our news have agendas. Yeah, serious agendas. Serious, serious ones. When you talk about them, the Mary um, Whitehouse is mentioned in this as well. And she has an interesting place in my hatred because she was the one who ran with the video nasties of the 1980s and got quite a lot of films banned um, just because of they, people thought people who watch horror films were like debauchers and were disturbed for trying to watch horror films yeah whereas she probably had a stockpile of them in her house well it's she probably had them all <laughs> And gladly like those have all been sort of overturned in the years but yeah it's the 80s were a very, very strange, very strange time. They were a very strange time in the UK. And very, 
you watch you watch this bit now and there's there's you watch this film and there's parts of it that are just just wonderful like the music's so good it is and the thing the is message it'll... behind it's so good but then there's parts of it where you just think how could you treat somebody like that but still people still get treated like that and, and it just hurts it, it does it makes me so upset we're talking about this we are getting quite serious but to take away from this film this is your quintessential feel-good movie. It is. It is. It is a feel-good movie. It is uplifting. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny. <laughs> and We're not making it sound like it is, you know, but it, it is. It isn't because the things that it's talking about are serious, but it does so in such a manner. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do get the drama, and you you do get that sort of small glimpse of what it could be like to be in that situation, because and you try and relate to it because there's a joke. I mean, he's not the the most favourite person in the world at the moment. But Louis C.K. had a joke where he was like, I'm a straight white man. Mm-hmm. Drop me anywhere in history and I'm going to get along just fine. doesn't matter where I'm dropped. Where is... That, is that, that's who I am. I'm, so I've never been on one in one of those areas. So it's, no. it, it, you do find it hard to relate. Because even like women have been oppressed, race, different races have been oppressed, people for the sexuality. And it's... It's the sense of identity that you get from being on that other side. Yeah. That I think many people can, well, hopefully can relate to, but probably won't get the full no. feeling. And I think that the way that they've done this film is probably quite a good way because of, of helping people understand what it's like on the other side. You may be somebody who is straight and not have to deal with the prejudices that the gay community has to deal mm. with but you can understand the minor side yeah. and you can see that they were losing their jobs they were losing their whole lives like for these guys there was their whole all the men in their family had always worked down these pits yeah. for generations and they were losing everything well, that's it. The, the mind was the and time it was and then they're getting um, beat up by the police and abuse in the newspapers and abuse in on the news and in the, on the radio and everything else. And then you can look at it and look at yourself, but okay, right, well, if that was me, I'm just fighting for my job mm. and I'm getting this abuse, then how would I react? But it's 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 like what Mark says in the when they're when they're setting up the um the group. He says, Oh, have have you noticed the uh, police aren't hanging around us? Very much at the moment. Remember, we've, maybe they're sick of Donna Summer playing. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, they're not. They found somebody else who they can go and bully. Yeah. And it's the fact that they've said, we have been in that situation. You are experiencing the situation that we have had to deal with for a whole lot longer. And we want to help you guys survive and, this. And that's it. And, so, and this isn't, I'm not saying this is, it all comes from figure, doesn't it? Because. Yeah. We are, I'm not an anti-police person. I believe no, that neither. No, we've got people and, in our family who are in the police. Well, well, that's a wonderful but, but, job. But even then, even back then, I know the police were always depicted as the evil, yes. the sort of the the, the, the the oppressive force and the people who are doing the wrong. But again, they've got jobs, and all they want to think is, if I can't lose my job, because then I won't be able to leave. Yeah, and you exactly. Know, it, it's that vicious circle that comes round. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about something a bit more cheery. Okay. And this is. An interesting question, I think. Okay. Bill Nye, right? Love him. Can't do any wrong. Okay. okay. Deserves to be the king. <laughs> Not knighted. 
but but he is right. Okay, I mean, this film changes my mind on him. But Bill Nye, is he a good actor, or do we just love Bill Nye and his own persona? I don't feel like that matters for me. <laughs> but you, but you, but I you, do. Because yeah. Bill, Bill Nye is Bill Nye. He's a yeah. And he's flamboyant and just the way he but acts. Then you could argue. Look at Sasha Baron Cohen. You never see Sasha Baron Cohen when he's not playing a character. He did Ali G all those years ago. He never did an interview mm-hmm. where he was not Ali G. He did Borat. He never did an interview where he was not Borat. You don't actually know what he's like behind closed doors. Bill Nye could be the same. The persona that we see could be all an act. So that way, if you were to meet him in real life, he could actually be quite quite softly spoken, quite quiet, everything. Oh, no, and, and, and I'm going to just sort of completely cut myself off there because this is the film that, for me, changed that. Yes. It's because, he's, he, yes, he does have his Bill Nye-isms, but it's a very, it's a very subdued, it's a very, very quiet performance. And there's a scene in the film where it's just him and Imelda Staunton's character buttering bread and making butter sandwiches. Love, and love a butter sani. But it's there's very, very little said in that scene. Yeah. But there's an insane amount actually said in that scene yes. without any. With, without any dialogue at I, all. I even feel like when, when they're doing it, I don't... I, I kind of feel like they, they they went off book for it. <laughs> just be, I know they're both amazing actors, but the way I feel about that is just because like they're just sitting here doing it, and she's like, oh, don't cut the sandwiches like that. If you're going to do it, do it properly. And you just feel like going... She just delivers it in such a way, and he just sort of like looks at her and he's like, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it properly." But they're so good. I feel like that. This is right. Well, this is where this is the end point where you need to get to. You need to get this information. Mm. You guys do it, and we're just going to film this. And I would love it if that was the case. Yeah. To me, that just shows how good. They actually, well, we know how good they are, but it just shows even more how good they are because they just balance off each other so well and it looks like a relationship. They look and they, they're so comfortable together. You, you feel like they've known each other for 20, 30 years. To be I honest, there might have been, you know they what I mean? They might have done. Because they might be nipping around each other's house for a cup of tea. You don't know. But it but. is. It, it, and like, Imelda Staunton as well is so good in this movie and she, again, she's, so she's just, a, she's, she's just a national treasure at this point. Um, just from her work with Mike Lee, and even I do, I do like her in the Harry Potter movies as well. I think she I makes her a... in the Harry Potter movies. You can take somebody who is beloved by pretty much everybody in in the country and turn into somebody that even Voldemort hates. Okay, <laughs> he hated her. Okay, and she's that good an actress that she was able to do that. To me, that's brilliant. Okay, then. So we sh- should we talk about the one part of this film? I think. Doesn't let you down, but I think could have been improved. We can, but I have no idea what part you're talking about. So, um, I feel like, I mean, the, the, he's not an unknown, but the guy who plays the lead character of Mark, mm-hmm. is he, it's not even to say he's bad, he's not bad. I just feel like if you want to put somebody at the front of that group of people, mm-hmm. it needs to be a stronger performer. Not, I, 
feels strong. I like him. I found I found him very natural in it. I just think his performance is the weakest of them. Not to say it's weak, but but if you stick him in a scene with Paddy Paddy Considine, Bill Nye, Inamel Staunton, he's just going to get lost in the crowd. He's also quite a young actor. No, I no, I understand. Well. Yeah, um, I I just feel like if 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 we had a better a better actor in that, it would have helped the film a bit. Okay, I can see where you what you're meaning. Um, I disagree. It's fine. I believe that Pi also disagrees with me. Don't <laughs> yeah. We think he's wrong. Good girl. And I think as well, what what I mean, the message of the film is obviously everybody's equal and everything. But it's also what comes out of hardship. Yes. And a strong bond comes out of hardship. And you may hate what you're going through, but you see in that community um, that these people are struggling, but how they live together and how they help everybody out. I'm not even talking about when both the groups come together, but just that mining town. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, even before anybody turns up, they are working very, very hard to keep life going, to mm. keep everybody going. Um, I mean, they're playing bingo for a tin of beef. Don't you knock the bingo? <laughs> just because you I'm not, I'm not knocking the bingo. I'm, 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 not, I'm mocking the prize. Just because you can't do six cards at once. <laughs> you find it too complicated. I don't find it complicated. I find it stressful. <laughs> this is why we don't take you to bingo. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, can we just say about one of my most favourite things in the whole film? Yeah, yeah. The night perverts against pit closures. Right. Love it. I think it's so good. I think it's so funny. Amazing 80s music. Mm. You get to see... It's set in the Electric Ballroom in London, which... If any of you uh, don't know, it's a wonderful venue. live music venue. Um, Prince played there. He just turned up and went, I'm going to play here and did an impromptu gig um, for one. It's also, you can go shopping in there through the day. It's a really random venue, but it's great. So you have miners, miners' wives. You have club kids dressed up to the absolute nines. You have a drag queen dressed as Martha Scargill in a hard hat, which I love. You have straight people, gay people, people of all nationalities, and it's one great big coming together of just support. And then they take the miners' wives out afterwards, which is just absolutely hilarious, as they're cackling like hens the entire time. And how they are not sick after... I don't know because well, I would be the, so the, it's, Ill. it's the scene after that I think really does sell <laughs> that entire sequence. This is Laura Ashley. How do you not saw it in Cardiff? <laughs> <laughs> but also the scene on the bed. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is why you don't go looking under people's beds to find <laughs> rude things. <laughs> One thing I mean, we've talked about Dominic Dominic West, and mm-hmm. he's part of these films are always you always have a bit of dramatic dramatic license and you're always going to add the, those sorts of moments of levity that probably probably didn't happen but you enjoy them. Yeah. You've got Dominic West 
dancing on the table, showing no, people I how like to dance. I like to believe I like to believe that Jonathan Blake did do that. Right. I like to believe that okay. he did do that. Probably didn't, but it it sells the film it and does. It, it does well. And the other sort of MVP for this song, it, it isn't one of the big um, players. It's Jessica Gunning who plays Sean. Mm-hmm. Love her. And she is that strong presence that sort of drives the film in mm-hmm. in a sense. She's the catalyst, basically, of that town being accepting of the LGSM. Honestly, I just feel like this film, it's... Oh, like when they all... When that girl starts singing... That, I, I think that's the, that's the dramatic license yes. part. But it, but it makes the movie, but... It makes me want that, to cry that, even that, now because it's just... I think it's it is a dramatic license of the film, yeah. but I feel like it's a very good one to sort of encapsulate in those couple of minutes just the the hope and the fight mm-hmm. and the emotion that would be going on. It's a pro- well, <laughs> it's a pride. It is. It's the pride of being Welsh. It's the pride that of is, being miners. It's the pride of being that village. That the whole point of this film, you start to watch it and you think, oh, it'll be. Pride is in gay pride, and it's not. It's about the pride in your community. It's about the you've people who have been rejected by society coming together and making their own family, and the pride that they have in that, and the fact that what's happened to them, they don't let it bring them down. It makes them stronger, and it makes them fight harder. And that's why I wanted to pick this film for this for our first one for Pride Month. Yeah. Because I feel like we've still got a way to go for lots of different things. We've got a long way to go for everything. Yeah, but it's, but it's all... It's, it's all. But the fact that people can have this time to feel pride in their community, mm. no matter what their community is, I think is really important. And it's just... The pride of doing the right thing. But it, it is a great movie. So if you know, have you have never, if you've never seen it, it's currently on Netflix UK. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely worth a watch. Definitely watch it, even if you just want to watch and go, I'm not going to cry at this, and I'm going to prove Lauren wrong. Watch it because if you don't, even if if you don't get a little bit misty eyed, I'd be quite surprised <laughs> because there are parts where even Jordan goes, okay, yeah, that bit's really, really nice. Yeah. And it's just such a wonderful film. And it gives you a little bit of history as well that, you know, you may not have been experienced part of it. Um, it's still something that is in the footnotes. If you go and look on Wikipedia about the um, about the minor strikes, um, there is literally two lines. Mm. Two lines about the LGSM and the work that they did. That's it. It's 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 not something that if you're not if you, if you're not in those communities, then it's it, it's not something that people know no about. Huge I mean, I, I I I didn't have I had no idea about this. I mean, I think I I went to the cinema to watch it in 2014. I did not have a clue. Yeah. I mean, I knew all about the miners' strike, uh, but yet had no no clue about this story. So it is. I think it's a nice episode for the first one of History Makers. Yeah, we wanted to start on something that wasn't quite 
too depressing. <laughs> it's something that's, that's my not... way of doing it. I will, yeah. I, I will choose the depressing ones. Yeah, Jordan will pick like the ones that make you want to like just lie in a darkened room for a few days. <laughs> I will um, try and pick ones that restore your faith in humanity because there's a lot of crap out there. But it's nice to see people being nice to other people and looking out for each other, which if you want a kind of film that does that, then definitely, definitely watch this film. And I can't think of a better place to end. No. That's it from me. Goodbye. Bye.